Welcome to our class this day. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison. As we come before and to bear and testify of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ, I testify that he lives. He lives today. He rose from the dead on the third day. He was crucified and slain for the sins of the world. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. We welcome you today, all of you throughout all the world, as we will study today in the glorious uh, Doctrine and Covenants, section 135 and 136, including the martyrdom of that prophet, that great prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith, as we've seen the Lord testify over and over again all year long about the prophet Joseph Smith, that indeed he was God's prophet, that God did have a mission for him, that was prepared, and he prepared him from before the foundation of the world to come forth in the 1800s to restore the fullness of the gospel truth, not just a partial truth, not just some verses of scripture out of the Bible, but to restore the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power to bind on earth and have it sealed in heaven, the power to open the heavens and commune with our Heavenly Father face-to-face -face as a man communes with his friend. We honor his name as we study this great section 135 today. We also like to welcome all of you and thank you for your contributions in uh, the, our community. We thank you. This is our 100th episode of these uh, sermons, of this Come Follow Me uh, lessons that uh, we've been doing uh, weekly. It's incredible to think that we've already reached 100. But with the generosity of all of you, with your kindness, with your love, with your support, with your willingness to listen to the voice of God, to stand up and say, I want to follow God. I want to be one of his sheep. You have heard the voice of the shepherd. You have heard the voice of the Lord speak in these lessons to your hearts and to your souls to bear testimony that indeed Jesus is our Lord, our God, our King, and our Savior, that he saved us from our sins, that he has enabled the repentance process, that all of us, no matter what sins you've committed, can return to God, receive the forgiveness of your sins, and have him welcome you back into his kingdom. You have been faithful servants, faithful disciples of him, as you have shared these videos with your friends, with your relatives, with whoever needed to hear them. We, it's incredible to think, and then also with the written messages that we, uh, that we write out and send out every week, to think that within just two years, a period of time, not even two years, January 13th will be two years. We're getting close uh, to there, almost two years that because of your great service to God, that we have shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with more than 15 million people throughout all the earth, that we have seen tens of thousands of people come unto Jesus Christ for the very first times in their life to repent of their sins, to come to invite him into the door that he stands at, that he knocks continuously, he knocks at that door of your hearts, 
He just wants you to open it. We've seen them open it and let Jesus Christ into their hearts. We have seen thousands reach out to the great missionaries of the church to inquire how they can become the baptized member of this, the true and living church of Jesus Christ upon the earth. That is because of you and your willingness to just click a few buttons to send and to share these videos and to share the written messages with all of your friends. We will never know what great good has we have done in this community. We will never be able to fully realize the lives we have touched, the people we brought joy in into their hearts, into their lives, the salvation that when exaltations that are going to be brought about because people who did not know where to look for the truth came across these videos, came across their written posts because we've been sharing them with everyone that we can. They will be there. How great shall be your joy with those you bring into the kingdom of God. We even see in the doctrine comments how Jesus Christ rejoices over every soul who repents and come to them. We have brought Jesus Christ great joy and happiness in his eternal existence, and we will be able to be with those one day will be in heaven and someone will come up to you, someone you don't even know, uh, or that you may know, but you did not know that you ever influenced them just by sharing videos or show, sharing gospel messages with them. They will come up to you in heaven and say, I am here because of you. I cannot think of anything greater than that. And many of you will have that great opportunity, not only because you've been sharing these messages and these videos, but because you also look for opportunities with the, your colleagues at the, in the workplace and at school and in all kinds of social settings to share your love of Jesus Christ with them, to share the glorious message of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you. God blesses you in your lives, and he will continue to bless you with all kinds, with the fullness of his blessings. Or as the Doctor of Covenants has mentioned multiple times, with the multiplicity of blessings. I love that one. I love it when, when I read Jesus Christ and the Doctor of Covenants say, he will bless us with the multiplicity of blessings. Let's begin our lesson today, section 135. This is June of 1844. The prophet Joseph Smith, his brother Hiram, know that this is the last time that they are a lamb going to the slaughter. They know this is it. They will be die. They will be killed very shortly in just a matter of days as they've been falsely imprisoned once again due to wicked people, wickedness, in their hearts, we read that section a little while ago. That even that even the devil himself was shocked, was amazed. The devil, the the father of all wickedness, was amazed at how wicked these people became, who were fighting against the prophet Joseph Smith, even more wicked than he, the father of all wickedness. They've said goodbye to their families. They've entered and are in the Carthage jail in Carthage, Illinois. Prior to this experience, Willard Richards, who is one of the four people there in the uh, in Carthage jail, along with the future president of the church, John Taylor, he was working as the scribe for Joseph Smith. 
and he was writing down some things for Joseph Smith, when all of a sudden Joseph Smith turned to him and he said, Brother Willard, the day will come in which you will see friends fall to your left and to your right, but not a hair of your hair shall be lost. This was literally, a, once again, the prophet in his dying moments. Once again, one of his prophecies being fulfilled as that event did take place. John Taylor gets hit. Well, it, it blocks him with the, with the clock in his watch in his pocket. Willa Richards is able to pull him under the bed. Hiram gets shot and he's killed. The prophet Joseph Smith goes, falls out and gets shot as he's falling out a window. Literally, prophecy fulfilled. Friends fell to his left and to his right. Not a hair of his hair was lost. We'll look now at section 135, and this is the words of John Taylor and how he described uh, this event. To seal the testimony of this book, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Book of Mormon, we announce the martyrdom of Joseph Smith the prophet and Hiram Smith the patriarch. They were shot in Carthage jail on the 27th of June. 1844, about 5 o'clock p.m., by an armed mob painted black of from 150 to 200 persons, Hiram was shot first and fell calmly, exclaiming, I am a dead man. Joseph leaped from the window and was shot dead in the attempt and exclaimed, Oh, Lord, my God. They were both shot after they were dead in a brutal manner, so full of wickedness and hatred and anger this mob was. And both received four balls. John Taylor and Willa Richards, two of the 12, were the only persons in the room at the time. The former, John Taylor, was wounded in a savage manner with four balls, but has since recovered. The latter, through the providence of God, Willa Richards, escaped without even a hole in his robe. Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of man in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. In the, sh in the short space of 20 years, he has brought forth the Book of Mormon, which he translated, by the gift and power of God, and has been the means of publishing it on two continents, has sent the fullness of the everlasting gospel, which it contained to the four quarters of the earth, has brought forth the revelations and commandments, which compose this book of doctrine and covenants, and instructions for the benefit of the children of man gathered many Thousands of the Latter-day Saints founded a great city and left the fame and name that cannot be slain. He lived great and he died great in the eyes of the Lord and his people. And like most of the Lord's anointed in ancient times, has sealed his mission and his works with his own blood. The wicked always love to kill the prophets. 
so was Jesus Christ crucified and killed as well. And so has his brother Hiram. In life, they were not divided. In death, they were not separated. Hallelujah to the Lord and God. Praise the, uh, Joseph Smith. As it said here, he has done more for the salvation of man than any other man save the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very clear as we read the New Testament that the church went into apostasy, that the priesthood and authority of God was lost from the earth. That was in fulfillment of the revelation of the prophecies in the book of Revelation. We read that in throughout all the epistles of Paul. We read that throughout. Over and over again, we see the church falling into apostasy. We get to third John in which they don't even want to entertain the apostles. They're casting out the apostles from their churches. If the church is not fully in apostasy at that point, I don't know what it would have taken, but they're rejecting John. They're rejecting the John the beloved, John the apostle of Jesus Christ, right? Rejecting John, rejecting all these apostles, casting them out from, from their churches, right? The priesthood was gone from the earth for 1,800 years. Mankind did not have the priesthood and authority to baptize and have that baptism recognized in the heavens. Mankind did not have the power to affect the atonement of Jesus Christ in the lives of the people. It was It's only because of the restoration that Jesus' atonement that Jesus' sacrifice, his crucifixion, means anything to us. Because if it were not for the restoration of the priesthood, it didn't matter that Jesus died. If we can't be baptized in his name, and he said, those who believe in me and are baptized shall be saved. But if we can't be baptized because we don't have the priesthood on the earth, what good was the death and the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ? It would have been vain and void. and. Uh, and, and worthless. That was, it shouldn't have even come. But because of the restoration of the priesthood, the restoration of the gospel, we once again have the power to baptize on earth and have that baptism recognized in the heavens. We have the power to perform other ordinances on the earth in the temples and have those ordinances sealed into heaven so that now the very selfless sacrifice of the Son of God is powerful in our lives. It enables us to repent of our sins, to uh, receive his grace, his forgiveness, his love, his mercy, his compassion, and return to live with him and our Heavenly Father in, the, in their mansions in the world to come. Therefore, Joseph Smith has done more for the salvation of this earth and the people that live in it, than anyone save the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It was Joseph Smith receiving the uh, revelations from Jesus Christ, receiving the, the messengers, the angels from heaven that Jesus Christ sent, which puts into effect Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice for our sins and his grace and his love, and his compassion because of that. That's why it was so important that Jesus Christ restore his church 
Jesus Christ knew no man on the earth had the power to baptize and bring people unto God. Therefore, he had to restore the church in preparation of his forthcoming millennial reign when he will reign as our Lord and our God for 1,000 years upon the earth. We've read about this all year long as he has continued to testify of it. Uh, Jesus Christ has testified now that Joseph Smith was his prophet more than 127 times in the Doctrine and Covenants. Think about it. That is, Jesus Christ testified of the prophet Joseph Smith, that Joseph Smith was a prophet more than he has ever testified of any other person that they were a prophet of God. He testified more about Joseph Smith being a prophet than he testified of Moses being a prophet. He testified more about, about Joseph Smith being a prophet than he testified that Abraham was a prophet. He testified more that Joseph Smith was a prophet than that Elijah was a prophet. He testified of the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, that it's his church 158 times in the Doctrine and Covenants. He has never, ever said that about a single other church throughout all the world who claims to be Christian. Never. Not one time. Not one time do they have a religious document that in which Jesus Christ declares that their church is his church. He has only said that about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he did not only say that one time, two times, three times, five times, ten times. He has said that more than 158 times in the Doctrine and Covenants. And he's continued to say it, and he has continued to reveal it to many people and to anyone, anyone who, if, if, if reading the Doctrine and Covenants and having Joseph Smith testify, having Jesus Christ testify that Joseph Smith was, was a prophet 127 times, if that's not enough for you, he has promised that if any of you will come unto him in prayer and pray and ask his heavenly father in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, whether Joseph Smith was a prophet or not, that the Holy Ghost, the third member of the Godhood, would reveal that truth to you in your hearts and in your minds. And so not only has he revealed this 127 times and that the church is true 158 times, but he's revealed it millions of times. The God who cannot lie. The God who says he hates liars and he will thrust them to hell. That very God has testified to the prophet Joseph Smith and of his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, millions upon millions upon millions of times. Let's continue forward here. He says... Um, so then they talk about how uh, on uh, the end of verse 5, he's reading from the book of Ether in the uh, Book of Mormon. And he says, And now I bid farewell unto the Gentiles, yea, and also unto my brethren whom I love, until we shall meet before the judgment seat of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. Joseph Smith is innocent from the wickedness and the sins of the world. The testators are now dead, Hiram and Joseph, and their testament is in force. Hiram Smith was 44 years old in February 1844, and Joseph Smith was 38 in December 1843, 
and henceforth their names will be classed among the martyrs of religion. And the reader in every nation will be reminded that the Book of Mormon and this book of doctrine and covenants of the church cost the best blood of the 19th century to bring them forth for the salvation of a ruined world. And that if the fire can scathe a green tree for the glory of God, how easy it will be to burn up the dry trees to purify the vineyard of corruption. They lived for glory. They died for glory. And glory is their eternal reward. We're going to see in the next section where Joseph Smith, where God says he took Joseph Smith unto himself. So, And glory is their eternal reward. From age to age shall their names go down to posterity as gems for the sanctified. They were innocent of any crime, as they had often been proved before and were only confined in jail by the conspiracy of traitors and wicked men. And their innocent blood on the floor of Carthage jail is a broad seal affixed to Mormonism that cannot be rejected by any court on earth. Then he goes down here. It is an ambassador for the religion of Jesus Christ. Joseph Smith stands as the head of the dispensation of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the earth. That will touch the hearts of honest men among all nations. Now, this was in the 1840s. Since then, millions of members now upon the earth, and many have already gone on to their faithful reward. And their innocent blood with the innocent blood of all the martyrs. Remember in the book of Revelation, in uh, Revelation 6, uh, verse 9, John sees the altar in the heavenly temple, and under the altar are the martyrs, those who had been killed for their testimony of Jesus Christ, crying unto God, how long more, Father, will you allow our brethren to continue to be martyred for the sake of the gospel? He says that Joseph and Hiram are there, among the martyrs under the altar that John saw, they'll cry unto the Lord of hosts till he avenged that blood on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. What a glorious section here in the section 135. Now, what you know, that would be a tragic end. Only what did God do? God promised the prophet Joseph. He promised all of us. This would be the last time he would reveal the fullness of his gospel upon the earth and preparation for his second coming. That what would he do? He's already testified uh, two times already that Brigham Young is going to be his prophet. So what happens now, right? And he, he doesn't waste any time here. He calls Brigham Young to be the leader of his church. And since then, he called the John Taylor and Wilford Woodruff and Lorenzo Snow. And, and on and on and on and on until today with our current prophet, Russell M. Nelson. They are the successors of the church, the successors of the prophet Joseph Smith. And now we get right away in section 136, a revelation given to the new prophet, now that Joseph Smith has been killed, to the prophet Brigham Young. So here Jesus Christ once again continues to speak to his prophets, his servants, the prophets, the presidents of his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Let's look at verse 1 through 2. 
the word and will of the Lord concerning the camp of Israel and their journeys to the West. As they're crossing the United States now, they've been kicked out of their own country. They're needing to go settle in what at the time was the country of Mexico. Let all the people of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and those who journey with them be organized into companies with a covenant and promise to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord their God. We're right back to the days of ancient Israel when God led them in the wilderness for 40 years. He tried to establish covenants with them, tried to teach them to keep his commandments, and that's what he's doing here. Look at four. And this shall be our covenant, that we will walk in all the ordinances of the Lord. And then he talks about how he wants all these uh, to be uh, organized in different uh, companies as they begin and continue their journey towards the great uh, Salt Lake Valley. Let's look at 16 through 24. And let my servants, so once again, my servants, the quorum of the 12 apostles, let my servants that have been appointed go and teach this, my will, to the saints that they may be ready to go to a land of peace to a promised land, just like I led Israel out of Egyptian slavery and brought them to a land of peace. I'm bringing you to the great Salt Lake Valley away from these people who have who have killed you and killed and killed the prophet, you know, to a land of peace. Go thy way and do as I have told you and fear not thine enemies, for they shall not have power to stop my word. Zion shall be redeemed in my own due time. And if any man shall seek to build up himself and seeketh not my counsel, and he shall have no power, and his folly shall be made manifest. People don't go around trying to make themselves look good. It's all for the glory of God. It's all to honor God. As he, as a person will honor God, God will honor that person. That's what God has always promised to do. He says here in uh, 20, Seek ye and keep all your pledges one with another, and covet not, uh, not that which is thy brother's. Keep yourselves from evil, to take the name of the Lord in vain. For I am the Lord your God, even the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And uh, once again, remember how Jesus Christ himself uh, declared how we should interpret the verse like that. When they say that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what does that mean? That indeed there is life after death, right? That he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in 18, uh, what was this, 1847? 1847, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Obviously, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are still alive. And we had read earlier in section 132 that not only... Uh, are they alive? But they're already, uh, they've already entered in their exaltations and they're already gods now. I am he who led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. We already saw those parallels with Egypt and he confirms it here. And my arm is stretched out in the last days to save my people, Israel. So as the people of, of the country of Israel, the Jewish people from the tribe of Judah and the House of Israel, they rejected the Lord. He then took the gospel to the Gentiles. Now in the latter days, he's established once again, his people, Israel. The people of Israel now are the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, his church. 
Cease to contend one with another. We should not be contending one with another. Cease to speak evil of one another. We should be building up each other, not speaking evil of one another. Cease drunkenness. We're so, you know, we've been given now the word of wisdom. We should keep the word of wisdom. We should not uh, drink alcoholic and alcoholic beverages. That's the easy way to you know, prevent ourselves from becoming drunk, right? And let your words tend to edify one another. Now let's look at 28 through 33. He says, if thou art merry, what is what does he want you to do? If you're already happy, then show that happiness. Show to the Lord that you're happy by what? Praising the Lord with singing. In DNC 2512, Dr. Cus 25:12, he said that the song of the righteous is a prayer unto him, and he will answer, he will answer it upon their heads, right? So if you're happy, praise the Lord with singing. With music, with dancing, and with a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Now, if you're not happy yet, if you're sorrowful, what are you to do? Call on the Lord your God with supplication that your souls may be joyful. God said, you know, Jesus Christ said in the New Testament, you know, that, that you know, He gave them the commandment that they should be that they should be happy. You know, and there's all kinds of scriptures that we should be rejoicing and, and being happy. So if you're not happy, come unto God and ask him in prayer so that he will bless you to be happy because he wants you to be happy. He has promised you that he will make you happy. All you have to do is come unto him and ask for him to help you. Let's see. Let's look at uh, 30. Uh, for uh, Fear not thine enemies, for they are in my hands. And I will do my pleasure with them, which we've seen is not going to be well for those who are, who are the enemies of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We've seen Jesus Christ, you know, say that, you know, he's going to cut them in, cut them in half. He's going to uh, send flies upon the earth that's going to eat away their flesh. Their eyes are going to fall from their sockets. You know, all kinds of nice, uh, horrible uh, things so he says don't fear them i will take care of them in my own due time when i choose to do something you know they will feel it they will know it there'll be no mistaking you know that is that i'm the one behind what's going to happen to them now he says here 31 but my people must be tried in all things that they may be prepared to receive the glory that i have for them even the glory of zion so he, he wants to give us the fullness of his glory. But in order to do that, we have to be tried in all things to show that we're worthy of such glory, that he's got our trust. You know, you can't trust somebody if, if they haven't showed you over a period of time that you can trust them, right? So he's going to put you in all kinds of trial so that he could learn whether he can trust you so that he can bless you. And he that will not bear chastisement is not worthy of my kingdom. And pretty simple, right? Let him that is ignorant learn wisdom. Now, how do you learn? If, you, if you're ignorant and you don't understand the things of God, where do we seek? Do we, do we go on to the internet and listen to dissatisfied uh, uh, the people who've left the church, who, who are living in misery and and you know, are seeking to destroy the church to try to justify to themselves that they've made a horrible mistake, that they are without God now in this world, that they're facing they're gonna face the sore judgments of a just and holy God 
pour out upon them. Are you going to listen to these kinds of people who are just, you know, God's just the angels, the angels in the book of Revelation. Is it time yet, God? Is it time yet to go down and avenge and, and destroy the wicked, right? Jesus Christ said in the New Testament that he's excited for the day to come when he can personally get involved. We read last week how he's going to come lead the angels down, right? And in his garments are going to be stained with the blood of the people as they're killing them left and right, right? And uh, so are you going to listen to these kinds of people that are, uh, you know, ripe for the judgment of God? Or are you going to turn to uh, prophets and apostles and read their words? Are you going to approach the Lord, right? That's what he's trying to get him to do here, right? He says, look. Him that is ignorant learn wisdom by humbling himself and calling upon the Lord his God, that his eyes may be open, that he may see, and his ears open, that he may hear. And that's the way you should do it when you go before you read the scriptures. Pray to Heavenly Father. Ask him to open your eyes, open your ears, open your spirit, that you can understand the things that you're about to read in the scriptures. When you watch the prophets and apostles speak, same thing. Pray to your Heavenly Father. Ask Him to open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart so you could understand the things of God and learn from the things that they say. That's how you should do it. For my spirit is sent forth into the world to enlighten the humble and contrite and to the condemnation of the ungodly. Right? The spirit comes in, condemns the ungodly blesses the humble and the righteous. Thy brethren have rejected you in your testimony. The people of the United States have rejected you. Even the nation has driven you out. You're going out to Mexico because, the, the, because your country has rejected you and killed your prophet. Now let's look at 34 through 42. Well, that's already 34. Let's look at 35. And now cometh the day of their calamity, even the days of sorrow, like a woman that is taken in travail. And their sorrow shall be great unless they speedily repent, yea, very speedily. God, once again, focusing when he comes back and says things multiple times, he's trying to really get his message across, make it very clear, very simple, very understandable. So they should you know, unless they speedily repent, yea, very speedily. They better hurry and repent or this is going to happen to them. For they killed the prophets and them that were sent unto them. And they have shed innocent blood, which crieth from the ground against them. Therefore marvel not at these things, for ye are not yet pure. Yea, ye cannot yet bear my glory, but ye shall behold it, if you are faithful in keeping all my words that I have given you from the days of Adam to Abraham, from Abraham to Moses, from Moses to Jesus and his apostles, and from Jesus and his apostles to Joseph Smith, whom I did call upon by mine angels, my ministering servants, and by my own voice out of the heavens to bring forth my work. Again, God declaring once again now, this is a revelation, not to the prophet Joseph Smith. This is a revelation to the prophet Brigham Young that God indeed did call Joseph Smith to be his prophet upon the earth. Which foundation he did lay by restoring the church, his church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and was faithful. And I took him, 
to myself, just as I took Moses to myself, just as I took Enoch to myself, just as I took Elijah to myself, just as I took my apostles to myself. I have taken the prophet Joseph Smith and Hiram, his brother, unto myself. Many have marveled because of his death and wondered how God could allow such a thing. But it was needful that he should seal his testimony with his blood, that he might be honored and the wicked might be condemned. He can't just only condemn them for their thoughts. You know, yes, that's sinful to have wicked thoughts and murdering someone. Jesus said to have wicked thoughts about murders is just... Is, is, be angry with your brother is the same as though you're, you know, killing him and so forth. So, you, yes, but by actually committing the act, actually killing Jesus, actually killing Joseph Smith, he's able to condemn them, bring the judgment, make it so that they can't come to him and say, but Lord, what if this or what if that? Maybe I would not have killed him. Well, they testified to themselves that their works are evil as they have killed him to seal his testimony with his blood that he might be honored and the wicked might be condemned. Have I not delivered you from your enemies? I've got you out of there. You're all still alive. You know, only the prophet and the Hiram got killed. I've gotten you out of there. You're, I'm bringing you now to Salt Lake Valley where you'll be safe. Only in that I have left the witness of my name. Now, therefore, hearken, O ye people of my church. Once again, we saw that. Right? We've seen that 157 times prior to this verse, now the 158th time, now to another prophet, not just the prophet Joe Smith, but the prophet Brigham Young, Jesus Christ once again declaring that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. And ye elders, listen together. Ye have received my kingdom, the church, my church, my bride in the, in the book of Revelation is my kingdom. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and not only a church, it is the kingdom of God upon the earth as it continues to grow and prepare the way for the Lord to come back for his second coming. Be diligent in keeping all my commandments, lest judgments come upon you, and your faith fail you, your enemies triumph over you. So no more at present. Amen and amen. Once again. Glorious revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, the Lord Jesus Christ declaring that Joseph Smith was his prophet, that Joseph Smith did restore his church and kingdom upon the earth, that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church upon the earth. It is his bride. Those who mock and those who attack his bride when the bridegroom that's married to that bride when he decides at any moment he will take vengeance upon them. He will curse them. He will bring mighty judgments as he's testified throughout all the Holy Scriptures upon them. Which camp, which side do you want to be in? Those who honor him, those who honor his bride, his church, and become a member of his church and kingdom upon the earth? Or do you want to be among the wicked? Those who mock it, those who decide not, that they don't want to be part of it. They don't want to be blessed. They don't want to have God in their lives, right? They want to have the sword judgments upon the earth. Remember, we look over and over again in Scripture, very clear, there is no neutrality. You're either blessed or you're cursed. Either life or death, uh, blessing or cursing, 
It's your choice. We plead with you. We pray that Heavenly Father will help make it easy to you to choose his church, his bride, his kingdom upon the earth. For those of you who are not yet members of his church upon the earth, we extend with all our love and, and with all our love, we welcome you with open arms to come, come unto Christ, come unto him, come unto his church and his kingdom upon the earth. Reach out to the missionaries. Tell them you are ready to become a member of Jesus Christ's kingdom upon the earth. You want to follow the Lord. You want him to be the shepherd of your souls. Just click on that link I've left in the description of this video. That will help you get in contact with the missionaries so that they can help you continue to come unto him and enter his kingdom and his church upon the earth. No greater joy can come into your lives than to be able to say that you are a part of Jesus Christ's kingdom. That blessing can be yours. That blessing, the Lord desires to bless you with that blessing, and he invites you to come unto his church, unto his kingdom, so he can bless you. Those of you who have drifted into inactivity in the church, we welcome you with open arms to come back. Come back to the church. Come back to the blessings. Come back to the Lord. Let him bless you. He loves you. He loves you despite what you may have done, despite the mistakes you may have made in your lives. Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let Satan tell you that you're beyond the love of God, beyond his redemption, that he can't save you. That is a vicious lie from the father of all lies. Don't listen to that. Reject that. Devil be gone. You know, in the name of Jesus Christ, command that evil spirit to leave you in the name of Jesus Christ to depart from you the way that Jesus Christ did it, the way that other prophets and apostles had to do it when facing the devil himself. You know, declare, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ that they depart from you, that those thoughts, command those thoughts to leave you. Come unto trust in the promises of Jesus. Trust him. He says that he wants to knock on your door and to let you, to come in and eat dinner with you. He wants to come into your lives. You just have to be willing to let him, to open that door. Let him come in. Let him bless you with that great joy and peace and happiness that he has promised to those of you upon the earth. And then the day shall come in which when you will leave this earth at your appointed time, you will be his guest at the great supper table in his heavenly presence in the heavens above. Take hold of that blessing. Let God do that for you. Reach out to your bishops. Reach out to your elders quorum president, your Relief Society president. Have them help you. They will be glad and grateful and, and very uh, very pleased that in your, in your decision to once again become part of the kingdom of God upon the earth. They will help you with what you need to come back. We love you. We pray for you every day. We testify that the things we have taught again are the word of God, the will of God, and the power of God unto salvation. This church is Jesus Christ's church upon the earth. Let God speak that into your hearts and into your souls. If you need to read the Doctrine and Covenants and have him tell you that, 100 and 
158 times, read it. Read the Doctrine and Covenants. No greater book uh, in terms of having Jesus Christ himself declare over and over again that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church and kingdom upon the earth, that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that we are currently being led by prophets of God upon the earth. No other scripture will do that for you. So you read and study the Doctrine and Covenants with an open heart. You have God declared to your heart and to your soul 158 times that this church is true, that the prophet Joseph Smith is his prophet. If you After that, if you still need to pray, go ahead, pray. He'll pro he promise he'll answer your prayer as well. He will manifest to your spirit, to your heart, to your soul once again. Just as he does throughout the whole doctrine of covenants. Once again, he'll speak to you to declare that witness unto you. What further witness do you need then from God, as he said in an earlier section in the doctrine and covenants? We testify of these things. Until next time, it's been my pleasure to be here with you to te teach and testify of the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.